0: Hi and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm Dan Jackson and today we're up to episode number 42 and I'm going to answer the question what is a pivot task. To start with I want to let you know that a pivot task is really building upon Dylan Williams idea of a hinge question and that's a single question that you use to identify misconceptions, misunderstandings in your students that then guides what you do as you go forward with those students. Now, the reason I call it a pivot task is because it has to be used by the teacher to then pivot the lesson, right? So whatever happens, uh, uh, Dylan William talks a little about a pivot question, which is a single question that then dictates what goes forward. I want to talk more about a task or it might be a quiz. It could be having students write down. It's basically still a sense of formative assessment, but you're using that point in the lesson that you're identifying to then pivot the rest of your lesson on. So whether or not you're going to then move into doing some critical and creative thinking, maybe, or whether you're going to pivot and go back to revising what you just taught because the students haven't quite understood it yet. So a pivot task really should take no longer than five minutes max for me, uh, three minutes for your students to actually complete it, and then two minutes max for you to have a look at it and determine what's going to happen going forward, who's going to go forward and who's going to maybe have some revision done. When you design these, like when you're designing these pivot tasks, you want to make it impossible for the students to get the right answers for the wrong reasons. Okay, you don't want the students to be able to produce something or come up with something that is correct, but they've done it using wrong methodology and a misunderstanding of something. And so the incorrect answers should be interpretable. Okay, so when you're creating these tasks, where the students show you something that's slightly wrong, uh, you should be able to identify what the students don't understand based on what they've given you. Okay, And that's why I want to go a bit beyond just a single question. Okay, So how do we do this? So the easiest way is to ask open-ended questions rather than asking a simple one-off multiple choice type question, because that will give you a bit more insight into what's happening in that student's brain when they start to write down an answer. You'll see the misconceptions coming out. Whereas if it's a multiple choice, it's hard. You've really got to think through in more depth your design of that question. I would even encourage you to get some verbal answers, uh, possibly even on video so that you can review it later. Okay, Now this pivot task doesn't necessarily have to happen in the middle of a lesson, but it's in the middle of when you're going through a topic. So a topic that you're covering might actually take you a couple of lessons. But it's really about... So once you've covered the content bit and you want to check that they're actually know and understand that content before you move into the higher order thinking that's based on that content you want to check that they know it and so that could be at the end of a lesson it could be halfway through a lesson it could be halfway through your second lesson uh, but i want to encourage you to really make sure you're checking in uh, and a verbal thing just allows you to see the student's process of thinking because they'll stutter they'll get things wrong they'll go back over it and uh, much like you know the stuff that i edit out on these podcasts where i miss uh, say something and I've got to go back and revise that. Other ways are to ask for short demonstrations of their understandings. Uh, but the pivot task often focuses on knowledge, right? It's focusing on knowledge is not focusing on the higher order thinking. It's done before you get into the higher order thinking. Now, one way to do this is to get a friend and design the question or the questions and then get another group of teachers to see if they can get the answer correct but using completely wrong um, processes for doing that right wrong reasons to get there uh, and so if you're doing that kind of a approach the first thing you want to do is you want to list as many misconceptions as you can that are common for this content okay because that's what you're going to use to then guide the rest of your process the second thing is to then write answers based on that misconception okay so if i misunderstand a particular topic what am i going to result with at the end and then The third thing is to write the questions that will elicit that misconception so if this is a common misconception i'm going to ask a question that will help me to work out whether or not people have that misconception or not okay and so finally you want to generate a few answers and this can be even if you're doing a multiple choice right you want to generate the exact answers for that but even if you're going to ask your students to do open-ended answers or you're going to ask them to uh, speak something to you or you're going to ask them to perform something you still want to go through and try and work out what the answers are going to be and what the answer are going to look like from both perspectives with misconception and the correct reasoning to make sure that when you're reading through or when you're listening to or watching what the students are doing, you can very quickly identify if that's a misconception or if they clearly understand it. So an example of this is when teaching students to read in the very early years at the beginning, you might want to check if the student understands what the sound the letter A makes. Okay. Now, the misconceptions are that it only makes really two sounds, and that's A or A, but the truth is that the letter A makes about five different sounds in the English language. So, it makes the sound A, uh, as in another America acknowledge. It makes the sound E, eh, as in dance or chance. It'll also make the sound A, uh, as in mat, Pat, Accept, Annie, etc. It can also make the sound A, eh, as in fate or mate so a uh, or it can make the sound or oh, as in water talk or awesome okay and so when you write a question to identify this misconception right you might be playing various sounds for example for your class and ask them to just record which ones of these sounds could be made by the letter a and so they're just going to be marking it down and so obviously if the student gets all five correct they have a very good knowledge but if they're only getting two correct then they have a limited knowledge they might even get three correct but then you might have a student has got 10 of them they say all of them are correct and then you can see the misunderstandings that are happening based on how they're hearing and how they understand it right and the more correct the better the understanding and the coding process which then will relate back to their reading and spelling as well or perhaps we could even talk about uh, how to spell the word talk and how many options are there so i might have you know a multiple choice here's word talk or how do you spell the word talk and I might say that and then have the students you know pick from these options and so the first option might be talk t-o-r-k another one might be talk t-a-l-c the other one is talk t-a-w-k and then the last one will be talk t-a-l-k right and so one of those is correct but I'm really pulling out that misconception that uh, the letter a doesn't make the sound or okay Another example relating particularly to my subject which is PDHPE, uh, if I look at energy systems there's a misconception in energy systems that the ATP phosphocreatine system is used first, then the lactic acid energy system and then the aerobic energy system. But the reality is that your body will actually always be using your aerobic energy system and it only really calls upon those other energy systems when they're, de- when they're needed, kind of on a on-demand type system. So when I ask the students to take one minute and tell me about how the energy systems provide ATP in a football game, I am looking for these misconceptions. So, do they tell me that it is one, that it starts with them using the ATP system for the first 10 seconds, and then the lactic acid system is used until 3 minutes, and then the aerobic energy system is being used for the rest of the sport? Or, do they identify that the systems are all working, but which one provides the most ATP varies according to the intensity, which is the correct answer, right? Now it's very important that you plan for this piece of a task because the answer to the task should change what happens for the rest of the lesson. If they get it correct, then you move on to the higher order thinking skills or the higher order thinking activities, such as critical and creative thinking or analysis and collaborative processes. Uh, But if students don't understand, then you need to go back and reteach it and help them, but do this in a different way. For example, if they had watched a video, but your multiple choice quiz shows that they do not understand the content, then you might need to walk through some examples with them, or you might need to reteach the bits from the questions that they got wrong. The pivot task should lead to differentiation as well. Okay. If some of your students get it right and others get it wrong, then there should be a split in what happens for the rest of your lessons some of your students the ones who got it right should move on the ones who did not get it right should have it retaught to them in some manner okay and sometimes you might have them do similar activities but then come together so they might be doing a group activity and these guys will be finding and creating an example whereas these ones you might walk them through an example and then you might have them take that example and go and show it to the to each other so that they're not necessarily falling behind so to speak but they're just being seen as a slightly different group by you and hopefully not overly emphasized throughout your lesson so i want you to take a moment look at one of your lessons this week or maybe if you're up for a challenge have a look at all of them right uh, and identify some common misconceptions that relate to the content you're going to be teaching and then create a task or a question that will really help to weed this out to so for you to be able to identify whether or not your students have that misconception or whether they have understood the content correctly. You then need to have two different paths going forward for the rest of that lesson, okay? One for the students who got the task correct, and the other path for the students who got it wrong. All right, now, as always, if you want the show notes, head over to teacherspd.net slash 42. I would love for you to leave me a comment there and let me know how this goes for you. And if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review of the podcast. It would mean the world to me.